Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, and we're excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Hello, everyone. Today we are covering Season 1, Episode 14, That Damn Donna Reed. And the Netflix bio for this episode reads, Rory and Dean argue about women's roles after watching the Donna Reed show. Emily makes Lorelai face her feelings. I feel like it's kind of a a meta episode. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we'll have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. This episode also, like, it went back and forth so many times. Like, there are so many different scenes to cut to, so hopefully we can keep track of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, over winter break, I watched all of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino's most recent show. And they do a lot of really interesting back and forth stuff in their episodes with like flashbacks Mm -hmm. and other things like that. So it's just been on my mind. Yeah. Ah. I've seen the first season of that, but then I fell behind. So Mm -hmm. I did watch the first season and then I didn't keep watching after the first episode of the second season the first time. But this time around, I watched, like, all of season one in a day, all of season two in a day. I mean, I was quarantined. (laughs) I needed a good laugh, you know? (laughs) I did the same thing with multiple shows over winter break, so don't Mm -hmm. feel embarrassed. (laughs) Did you watch anything good? I mean, besides Gilmore Girls, obviously. I did. I've been on a real, like, fantasy kick lately. So, of course, I watched the new Witcher season Mm. and The Wheel of Time. Mm. Um, I haven't read those books for either of those, but I enjoyed the shows. It's kind of That's awesome. fun to, you know, become immersed in a world where I would die almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would die as well. I mean, I did rewatch all of the Harry Potter movies, speaking oh, of yeah, fantasy. I mean, I know we both watched the reunion special they had on HBO, mm-hmm. which really kind of like reinvigorated my like joy for the movies it was like Mm -hmm. a really pleasure it was a delight to rewatch them and just and just like get back to my nostalgic roots of like watching those as a kid (laughs) or not a kid yeah I was like as they came out (laughs) I went to a midnight premiere a couple times once I was older (laughs) yeah I think I went to the midnight premiere for the final one Mm -hmm. same I also just kind of sobbed throughout the entire reunion show (laughs) I did too. It was so heartwarming. <laughs> yeah. Was there like a particular moment that stands out for you in terms of sobbing or just your favorite moment? I've I've really liked hearing about like all of the friendships that we obviously don't know about mm-hmm. just having watched the movies like um, Tom and Emma's friendship. Yeah. I had no idea about that and it was so adorable to see them talking about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also... Like, I had never, obviously, when I was a kid, I'd never thought of this, but 
I never really thought about how hard it was for Emma Watson being the only, like, the main woman of the cast. Mm -hmm. I remember people, like, when she turned 18, people, like, cheering that she was now legal. And it was like, oh, that's so... I think they did the same thing for Alexis Bledel. And it's Mm -hmm. just, like, it's so terrible. Right. The pressure on them, uniquely different than on, like, any of the other guys in the franchise. Uh, yeah 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 i don't blame her for being the one to think about quitting especially it coincided with like what her going into the fifth movie is that when she was thinking i think so yeah like with the fourth one with her whole like pretty dress moment like that Mm -hmm. must have been so hard for her like self-esteem growing up as like a young girl Mm. yeah it's so true my my favorite moment I was thinking about when Robbie Coltrane, who plays Hagrid, my favorite character, he was talking about, like, I might not be around in this many years, but Hagrid will be. And I just thought, like, the most, that's such a, like, a quick but beautiful way to sum up, like, the power of art in general, Mm -hmm. you know, like, why creators create at all and why we are so drawn to characters that will be with us forever. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) Yeah, well... Back to better, Gilmore Girls. Better move Speaking on of before things we, we treasure cry. forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I think we should get into talking fast, and mm-hmm. I believe you go first this time. I do. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So. And go. Okay, a big thing is the Donna Reed show for this episode, which brings up lots of questions about the 50s and women's roles for Dean and Rory. Um, simultaneously, there's also a thing about painting Luke's and Lorelai and Luke are taking on that project. There's also house-sitting Rory at Maury and Babette's for the new cat, so cute. Um, there's also Martha Vineyard. They get, um, Emily and Richard get a house there. And, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to place. give you a warning. <laughs> That's fine. I was kind of going by the seat of my pants. <laughs> It's so hard. I'm just, like, looking at my notes, and I, uh, I've i forgotten a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see how this goes. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. Okay, so we start with them watching the Donna Reed show, and Dean likes it, non-ironically. And so <laughs> later in the episode, Rory dresses up as Donna Reed and cooks dinner for him. Meanwhile, Lorelai is helping Luke pick out paint, and they're also having a little uh, kind of romantic moments. Um, We're also seeing the lengths that Richard and Emily would go to to get a place at Martha's Vineyard. And at the end, Christopher arrives, and Luke is again heartbroken. Off scene, though. (laughs) Yeah, off camera. (laughs) Yeah, I skipped so much. Okay. (laughs) No, I think it was pretty good. Uh, but let's go ahead and slow down. Uh, the first opening scene establishes a lot of what we mentioned in our talking fast about mm-hmm. this whole Donna Reed show situation and Dean's non-ironic liking of it. Have you seen the Donna Reed show before? I have not, um... I, I'm, like, really far behind. I haven't really watched very much TV from this time period. <laughs> um, obviously, it was before my time, so I never watched it when it was on. Um, 
I just haven't seen anything. The most I know about the Donna Reed show is from this episode of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Me too. I feel like it's the Bengals all over again for us. Like, yeah. <laughs> in the show, it seems like they all know it, and I am kind of at a loss of, like, am I supposed to have seen this? But, yeah, my whole education about it is from this episode. The main crux, I guess, of the arguments mm-hmm. that arise from it is basically... In the Donna Reed show, Donna Reed caters to her family's every need. She's like the, she has that kind of super traditional confining role um, as the mother and like housemaker and everything in the family. And Dean mentions that he likes the idea of that. <laughs> Lorelai mm-hmm. and Rory don't react well to this. <laughs> um, they're both pretty astounded that he would even say such a thing. Yeah, and he says, like, she seems happy, and they say, like, (laughs) she was medicated. The script was written by a man. Uh, They Yeah, this is the very beginning of the argument that will become a bit more nuanced throughout the episode. I will just flag this as, like, I would say my Friday night dinner critique is related to just all of this, like, Dean's kind of views throughout the episode so i'm just gonna flag it here i don't have a spiel i hope the critique will form as we both talk about it because a lot of stuff will be going on but i have no doubt (laughs) yeah dean like admiring this quaint married gender norm life um really reminded me of people who are like oh happier times in the 50s ignoring Mm -hmm. all of the gender civil rights context of that and like World War II, oh yeah, so it's just like, that will be my critique that we can unfold throughout the episode. (laughs) Yeah, he also, like, multiple times kind of hints that this is actually basically the family structure he's also grown up in, which, Mm -hmm. like, is nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, my mom was a stay-at-home mom for most of my childhood, Um, Mm -hmm. so obviously that's still kind of the norm in, or at least... It was maybe until the last 10 years or so. Yeah. So we can't fault Dean for that. But he also doesn't... He's talking there with Lorelai, who is a single mom, a working Mm -hmm. single mom. And he doesn't see that there's anything a little bit off about him saying, like, this is what I want. This is what... (laughs) This is what life should be like, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And (sighs) it definitely seems like it's coming from his personal anecdotal experience and the model of family life, as you said. And also, I think, like, it's, like, it's very much, like, how a lot of fights truly begin of, like, his offhand comment. But I think he meant it to just be casual. Like, they are Mm -hmm. reading the dialogue. They always are kind of, like, engaging in media. I think this was his attempt to join in. And it really backfires (laughs) because it's, like, a quick comment but it reveals a larger belief that he holds that they as well as i am just not comfortable with so i think mm-hmm. he really is like it really skyrockets from there for this for dean in this episode it really also wasn't helped by him bringing salad to a pizza <laughs> night <laughs> that was the first faux pas dean mm-hmm. i mean come on <laughs> he does save it by saying it's for him though <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I've started to buy salad when I order pizza, too. So I felt like I yeah. 
was relating to him and then it turned away really quick (laughs) and my netflix actually crashed like right after the scene i think also in protest (laughs) so yeah it was building from this very first like cold open (laughs) our next scene we go to luke's diner and it starts off like any other morning at luke's lorelei is giving luke a hard time kind of Mm -hmm. flirting with him a little bit in the way that they do um, bugging him about painting his uh, diner, which mm-hmm. supposedly is, he's never repainted. Taylor is sitting at the booth behind that, or the bar behind them, and vehemently agrees that yes, Luke needs to paint the diner. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say, I know Taylor is technically a villain or something in this show, but I, I love every moment that he contributes his kind of small small mindedness Mm -hmm. it's just always really hilarious yeah like I think we can like Taylor and appreciate him without having to root for what he wants or like align (laughs) herself with Mm -hmm. what his views because he's such a perfect character you know like we get what his character is supposed to be and it's just so well done like so well written Mm -hmm. everything he says is like yes that is what taylor would say and it brings such like comedy to the scene too so i'm with you on the taylor train here (laughs) i actually have a roy's bookshelf nomination related to this interaction between taylor lorelei and luke because taylor's going on the spiel about um needing to spruce up Luke's needing the town to be beautiful he's part of the town beautification committee and he says um if basically he's like saying a pretty problematic thing about standards slipping and a seedy crowd coming in and that bringing trouble and Lorelai responds jokingly right here in River City which is a (laughs) reference to the musical The Music Man um and the like kind of main character con man sings a song about trouble right here in river city attempting i think to sell the town like music equipment it's been a long time since i've seen it but i liked the reference because i've been really big into broadway recently listening to a lot of musicals and a fun fact that i think is an interesting connection here uh so she quotes the music man And right now on Broadway, The Music Man is having a revival, and it's starring Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman. And Sutton Foster was the main on Bunheads, another Amy Sherman Palladino. So it's just all very, like, full circle. (laughs) It's a fun fact. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I also, I think this scene was made for you because it becomes a musical, Um, when Lorelai Mm -hmm. starts singing her painting song. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And Sutton Foster is in the Stars Hollow musical, actually, in the revival of Gilmore Girls. I forgot about that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, but Lorelai does sing a painting song. I think as a way to be like, if I'll stop singing if you agree to paint. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But clearly, I think Luke agrees to paint Luke's because it's time with Lorelai. She, like, bills it Mm -hmm. as... We can do it after hours. We'll drink beer, hang out, and paint. And of course, Luke, his pining heart, is like, of course, (laughs) let's do that, Lorelai. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course, Taylor is very excited about it. Mm -hmm. But that sets up, like, our our second storyline of Luke and Lorelai figuring out how to paint the diner. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we'll see the 
end of this whole storyline in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Last thing before we move on from the scene, it started out really with two lines I found quite relatable. Uh, Rory said, they're like having this debate about, she says her brain dinked when she's doing homework. Oh, yeah. And then Lorelai, they say, and no, that sounds more like a ping. And so they're talking about the difference between a dinking or pinging brain. But either way, the moral of the story is she's been reading too much and her brain is hurting. Mm -hmm. And I I found that completely relatable. I'm always complaining about like my, my brain just being overflowing or so full or overworked when I'm reading. And last mm-hmm. thing, Lorelai asked Luke at the very beginning, can you take constructive criticism? And he just says, no. <laughs> Which I also found funny. as just like, we do a lot of writing and feedback and stuff. And sometimes you just want to be like, no, I don't want to take your feedback. <laughs> it's too mean. I can't yeah. take it today. If, you, if you're going to give feedback, just say something nice, please. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I completely, I completely understand Luke. Mm-hmm. Especially because most of his criticism, I think, comes from Taylor. So Yeah, yeah, which is not, yeah, constructed so much as, like, orders or nagging. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. So our next scene is a Friday night dinner. There's not very much that happens here, except that mm-hmm. we find out that Richard and Emily aren't going to be able to go to Martha's Vineyard um, because they put off I guess reserving their place for too long Mm -hmm. there is a pretty funny discussion about when they go to Europe which is (laughs) unequivocally during the fall (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, every two years (laughs) yeah which sounds wonderful to me I would love that Mm -hmm. and I think I'm a I'm a Christmas obsessed person I would love to go during the fall late fall you could see all the Christmas markets I lived mm-hmm. in Denmark for a little while, and I got to see all the Christmas markets, like, in November and December, mm. and it was magical. So, so maybe cool. they're, you know, they know what's, they know what's up. <laughs> yeah, although they don't know anything about traveling on a budget, it seems. This was <laughs> yeah. some, the classic humor where Lorelai or Rory say something that's very, like, the average person uh, flying by coach or finding deals on the internet, mm-hmm. and Emily and Richard's faces... Like, they've never heard of such a thing. They play it really well, the whole straight-faced shock or disbelief. It really makes the jokes land really well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I was just thinking about a lot of comedy and jokes after watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel with all the stand-up comedy stuff. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that punchline really hit. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So after this, I mean relatively uneventful Friday night dinner Mm -hmm. I mean in comparison with all the other Friday night dinners we've seen yeah (laughs) um we get back to Lorelai and Rory's house and we start off right away with something that's my Rory's bookshelf nomination Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is Rory's doing flashcards about Catherine the Great Mm. and I don't have any big history lesson for this I'm not great (laughs) with Russian monarchy but I do have a TV recommendation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the TV show The Great on Hulu is all about Catherine the Great, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's a comedy, but it's a very dark comedy. Like, there's a lot of violence and, like, a, all the kinds of things you expect from a period show that, you know, <laughs> takes place with kind of a barbaric king. 
Um, I don't think it follows her story very closely. The timelines mm-hmm. are all warped and everything, but um, it's still really interesting. And the acting is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, is it Dakota Fanning? And no, the guy. Elle L- Her sister. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. And then, and then uh, Nicholas Holt, I think, who's mm-hmm. in Skins, which is a very raunchy British teen show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. a great show. I've enjoyed that show too. I think the. Doesn't. When they show the title, it shows like a little comment underneath, like mostly based on a true story or kind yeah. of based on a true story. Like they, they're no, they know what they're doing. I there's been a really interesting genre of historical TV shows recently that are like briefly inspired by, but they don't feel like tied to the period, you know, in a way mm-hmm. that I think really opens them up for something creative and fun, like. Dickinson is another one based on like Emily Dickinson and it's like if you don't have to be beholden to the whole it has to be perfect I you just get to do interesting things in a way so I don't know yeah it's cool. yeah I also feel like when people adapt things from history they somehow forget some of the main things that make humans humans and that have for forever mm-hmm. like you know humor and stuff like that like just because it's set in I don't know 1050 or something doesn't mean that people weren't funny and making weird jokes all the time and stuff like that yeah (laughs) so live it up let them have fun Mm -hmm. you know let them eat cake I guess oh maybe not that's a different sentiment (laughs) different taking it out of the context it could work (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so after this flashcard session Babette knocks and enters and requests that uh, Rory house it for her the next day because they got a new kitten named Apricot, right? Yeah, it's adorable. And it is adorable. And I'm just so glad that, you know, they mourned Cinnamon and now they feel ready to open their hearts up to a new child. And then that sets up another big premise, um that we will see later on is Rory house-sitting. Like, Lorelai gives her a hard time about how quickly she accepted and says, like, (laughs) this will be one of the few nights we've ever been apart. And, like, I think she's being dramatic, so I probably shouldn't nitpick it too much. But it's like, she'll be right next door. And, yeah. Yeah. It does foreshadow, though, when Rory goes away to college, she actually does ask Lorelai to spend the night because... Lorelai in this scene is like, well, when you go to college, I'm just going to come with you and stay on the floor or something like that. And it's like, it actually, that actually is a touching <laughs> moment later on and speaks to how yeah. like weirdly close they are. But yeah. <laughs> in this scene also, I had my Lorelai's closet. <laughs> oh. Um, there were a couple different things in this episode. Obviously, the Donna Reed outfit is a huge contender, but... Mm-hmm. I chose Lorelai's sweater or shirt that she's wearing now. It looks mm-hmm. kind of like a t-shirt sweater. I don't know if that's the material mm-hmm. or not, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. It was like abstract stripes. So it wasn't just a straight up striped shirt. It was just, but it, I don't know. Everything was in horizontal lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to describe, but it, it was like mostly green and blue. And then there were 
like two random stripes of bright orange mm. and it was kind of like a mock neck and the sleeves were like elbow length and I just I really liked it I thought it was mm-hmm. different as everything that Lorelai wears is and yeah. I would probably wear that as well maybe under a black cardigan because I mm. only wear black clothes but... <laughs> yeah gotta bring some black in <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's but fun. I liked it nice uh, so it seems like this whole conversation was a before school sort of thing. And mm-hmm. now our next scene is the after school situation where Dean has come to surprise Rory as she's getting off the bus from school. And she has a bird in a cage <laughs> because Chilton, we've talked about pedagogy quite a lot with them. They have an assignment apparently where she takes home a bird for a month. As homework? This is yeah, bizarre to crazy. me. <laughs> I could understand. I, I've heard of like assignments of taking home something maybe for a night. Like if you have a class pet and each kid takes it home for a night or something. But for a whole yes. month? That's just right. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, you're right. I think like a day or a weekend is a totally different thing than mm-hmm. an entire month. And that'll come up again later on in the episode. But right now, this conversation between Dean and Rory uh, is basically, I mean, they're talking and then Dean makes like an offhand kind of joke where he says, oh, yeah. he's got, he, they're basically talking about like, can you come over later when I'm house sitting? He's like, sure, I have to go to work right now though. And says, um, oh, I'm going to the market where oppressed housewives are shopping for their husband's dinner. Yeah. And he says it very sarcastically, and Rory immediately picks up on this and calls him out for it. And I just want to say, like, I I feel like we there's a world in which we could give him the benefit of the doubt for his comment earlier, where he's like, Mm -hmm. I think it's nice that she made dinner for them. I think it's like, I don't love that. I don't agree with, like, where he's coming from, but it could be like, That's the life he saw when he was raised. He doesn't know differently. He doesn't know what he's, like, accidentally implying. Uh, But this comment was so sarcastic, and, like, there's negative intentions behind it. Like, he knows it's going to bother Rory. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I can't give, I cannot give you the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know what you're doing with this comment here. And he pretends like he doesn't know, but he did. (laughs) Yeah, it was really baiting. And it was kind of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he definitely just wanted to further argue about women's roles. But Mm -hmm. I also think like something he brings up later in the fight is that um, Rory only set like has the same opinions as Lorelai and doesn't have any opinions of her Mm -hmm. own. And part of me wonders... Part of me wonders whether Dean, like, he really wanted to bring that up, so he started this other fight, or I don't know. Mm. I'm sure he didn't think about it that much, but <laughs> still. But I feel like Dean is really coming from a place of thinking about, like, what he would like in his own life. Like, he would like a wife to cook for him. Um, he liked that his mom cooked for him. He liked the show. He thought it seemed nice. Whereas Rory is coming from, like, a broader, more critical view. Like, she's mm-hmm. saying, if you portray this life, sure, Donna Reed might be happy. But there was, like, 
thousands of other women actually in the 50s who didn't have the choice. Um, and so I think, I mean, it makes sense. Rory's a very like logical, smart person. And I felt like she was really hitting home very classic feminist points about like women needing to have true options and choices. Mm -hmm. It's fine if you want to be a housewife, but you need to have that choice available to you and have other avenues readily available to you and whatnot. Yeah. And it shouldn't all like your life shouldn't revolve around your husband, which Mm -hmm. seems like what Dean wants. And I think, I think you're right in that he's only thinking about what he wants and that's mm-hmm. that's where he that's where his main pitfall is like this mm-hmm. is what you want how could he's not even contemplating what his future wife might be feeling or thinking about mm-hmm. at the time he doesn't even think about what his mother feels like about with this situation yeah. like what if she doesn't like cleaning up your gym shorts and cooking you casseroles all the time you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah and yeah whereas Rory is definitely thinking about other people and it kind of makes it clear at this point that they aren't end game (laughs) Mm -hmm. like there's there's no way that they could actually last forever I think Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah this actually got me thinking about Rory's relationships and what would be like for each guy what is the ideal Rory they want? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think in this moment, we see Dean wants like her to be some kind of wife. And I think early on, she still hasn't, you know, gone to Yale or Harvard yet. But we already know like that is not what she is destined for. She's doing something else. And I like, what does Jess want her to be ideally? And I, that was, it's already progress, like maybe some hipster artist on the road, whatever. <laughs> That's not also not totally aligned with what she would be. Logan, mm-hmm. like socialite partier, rich person who could do whatever she wants. So like, at least I don't, he wouldn't expect her to be a wife because he would say they would have a housekeeper and a cook and all of that <laughs> stuff. People to do that for them, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's just what I was thinking about. Like, what role do they want Rory to play? And to what degree, like, how far removed is it from what she actually wants to do? In this situation, mm-hmm. it's so far from what she would really want to do with her time and labor. Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder about how well Dean knows her or has a has paid attention to anything about her. Like, whether mm-hmm. he just thinks that some of her opinions and stuff are like quirks you know like cute little things or whether he Mm -hmm. understands that these are actually her beliefs about life yeah Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's something Lorelai runs into as well like mm -hmm. that charming quirky personality is real that's her it's not just something she's gonna toss away when she's in a committed relationship Mm -hmm. or anything yeah that's Mm -hmm. true so we leave this okay. scene kind of with no real resolution. Dean goes mm-hmm. to work. We don't really know if they're actually going to be meeting up later just because of how it ended. I, yeah, I was also just astounded that Dean really brought up this idea that Rory was just parroting Lorelai, and I felt like that really mm-hmm. offended Rory. I think we've kind of said somewhat similar thing. Well, no, we've said like the opposite where people are expecting her to kind of parrot Lorelai. Mm-hmm. But there are moments when Rory makes it clear when things are her thoughts. And I mean, as a teen, she's of course still developing her own ideas. Mm-hmm. And so is Dean. Like 
his whole argument <laughs> is the ideas that he's received from his mom and dad, you know? So I think it's just out of line for him to act like both of them are not new to thinking, forming their beliefs about what they believe individually, what they believe relationship should be. Like, of course, they're both currently operating <laughs> with like parental beliefs that have been passed down as well as other things they're starting to incorporate. Like, mm-hmm. he really was lashing out in a way that's a little odd. I think it's interesting, like you mentioned, a bit like I feel like we thought, or at least I did, I thought the antagonism between Lorelai and him had been resolved. And you see that early, the opening scene, like he's bringing pizza. They seem all really close as like a unit. But this whole comment, I'm like, is it still lingering? Is he mm-hmm. still actually really uncomfortable or... um I don't know, uncomfortable with Lorelai and the different, like, the person she is and the role she has in Rory's life. I think it might still be there. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I definitely think that that'll kind of come to a head later on when some more things go down between Dean and Rory. But yeah, that's a really Mm -hmm. good point. Um, Maybe he's just putting it on, putting on a front that he gets along with both of them. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) I don't know. We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. Is your business looking a little shabby these days? Well, we at the Stars Hollow Town Beautification Committee want to make that our business, whether you like it or not. We're happy to announce that we're now offering our sprucing consultation services free of charge. As our committee leader, Taylor Dosey, once wisely said, quote, Faded paint is a bad reflection on the whole town, end quote. We're here to encourage and, if necessary, coerce you into getting a fresh coat of paint and much more. Our sprucing methods vary from establishment to establishment, but don't worry. To freshen up your business, we will, speci- we will specially evaluate just what your business needs to maintain the town standards. Maybe we'll do a couple Xenia pots out front, some yellow awnings, or a peppy little cardboard pig to announce your specials. We could even publish before and after photos to promote your newly beautified business. And remember, when standards slip, families flee, and in comes the seedy crowd. And that's trouble. The Town Beautification Committee is here to keep Stars Hollow sparkling clean as a fresh coat of white paint. If you're interested in a beautification consultation, Don't worry about a form, code, or contact number. We'll be sure to find you. This message is sponsored by and approved by Taylor Dosey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply right and moving forward Lorelai and Roy check in with each other before Rory goes to Babette's and Lorelai senses that something is off with Rory um but Rory just says she has a bad afternoon and they kind of leave it at that I thought that it was good you know we've said before sometimes Lorelai prompts or forces Rory to admit things before she's ready mm-hmm. and in this moment 
Lorelai actually allowed her to just be like clearly in a bad mood, but she lets it sit, you know, like maybe she'll come to me when she's ready about this topic. Um, They set up also that Lorelai will be watching the bird at their house while Rory is watching the cat at Babette's house, and that will be relevant later on. It does make sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder if that was the entire reason that they made the pet a chick. I don't know. There are a lot of things in this Mm -hmm. episode that seem to be like very concocted for the plot points they wanted to get along, um, which is fine, but... Yeah, I was. I really think they wanted to name the bird Stella yeah. so that Lorelai could later scream Stella. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that is that the only reason the bird exists, or is it for the later, like the late night call about yeah. a chick? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh. So then we go to back to Luke's, like kind of after hours, and they're mm-hmm. picking out paint samples. Taylor is, of course, giving his two cents. Um, I thought that this whole, I guess, all of the the scenes at the diner were really, I don't, I don't know, cute. But they also kind of just show like how how easily Luke and Lorelai are together. They kind of mm-hmm. like riff off of each other. They also like when um, Taylor says he likes a certain color, Lorelai knows exactly that that means that that color is out. It, they just have like mm-hmm. the same mind. They're on the same track. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've said it before, but you feel such, like, a familiarity and a comfortability coming from, like, every single interaction they have. And just the chemistry is, sometimes it's really obvious, but other times it's very, like, subtle and just comfortably there. And it's just such, like, a pleasure to watch. And the, like, bantering feels like an old married couple. (laughs) It's, like... Oh, it just—it is so lovely. They all—we also get to see Kirk again. Um, <laughs> comes in, he had a bet against Taylor, I guess. I kind of feel mm-hmm. like this is the—we definitely seen evolution of how they were writing Kirk. At this yeah. point, he seems kind of grumpy, um, not necessarily the same comedic Kirk that we mm-hmm. get later on. But yeah, I just like Kirk yeah. sightings. Uh, yeah, I think we had our first. And correct me if I'm wrong, our first Andrew sighting this yeah. episode, at least the first featured scene with Andrew, he comes in to like take a picture <laughs> of Luke's because Taylor has requested before and after photos and Luke pushes them out really quickly. Mm-hmm. So Andrew was there. At one point, <laughs> Taylor is banging on the door with like basically the entire town behind him and <laughs> Lorelai and Luke at this point are hiding behind the counter and have a very close call. Um, mm-hmm. One of many close calls. My Stars Hollow moment is um, the first time that they're looking at where his dad wrote, I think, and then Taylor shows up with the paparazzi. And this was my Stars mm-hmm. Hollow moment because. This would only happen in Stars Hollow that painting the diner yeah. is such a big thing that Taylor mm-hmm. has gotten all these people to come out and watch. Right. There's been like bets in, there's <laughs> just people crowding around, like in disbelief. It's like an event. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also, this is just a nitpicky thing. I noticed at the very end of this scene, 
And I know we're kind of like skipping around because there are so many cuts back and forth, but Mm -hmm. at the end of their time picking out the pink colors, when Lorelai leaves, Luke picks up his bottle and he puts his entire mouth around the top of the (laughs) bottle. And it's so weird to me, but I wondered, I wanted to ask you, is that a normal Mm. way for people to drink out of bottles? I always thought like you kind of purse your lips a little bit and put it up Mm -hmm. to the bottle. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. No, you're right. Because if you do like the full mouth thing, you could get it, the beer to actually like, it will fizz and maybe like overflow. So it is good for you to like let there be air. And also like you just don't need, (laughs) that's like people who would drink from a water fountain and like put their mouth to (laughs) any part of the water fountain is just wrong and unnecessary is that how it works (laughs) plus wouldn't like you have no lip control that way to keep backwash from going Mm -hmm. back in so exactly half of that beer was just there's no beer (laughs) that's gross sorry that was just a random little thing i had to bring up (laughs) uh of actors drinking or fake drinking on shows and that's anywhere from like coffee water beer some of them are just so clearly not drinking <laughs> yeah. and it takes me out of the scene for a moment or the way that they'll hold a cup or like clearly there's not even liquid in the cup. Mm-hmm. They do that on Gilmore Girls sometimes. They're supposedly drinking all this coffee, but <laughs> clearly there isn't. Yeah. And I know it's nitpicky, but I'm a realist. What can I say? I expect like real life details. <laughs> I think that happens most when they have like the paper cups the to-go mm-hmm. cups or something it always like they're always kind of flinging them all around as they're talking yeah exactly <laughs> like you would have burnt yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah yes anyways anything more for this diner scene that you would want to bring up um just that as you mentioned they're looking at something his dad wrote and I think as a bit of a preface to that they're having a pretty nice moment where Luke is sharing he's pretty vulnerable about his dad and the store and like it hasn't been painted since his dad lived there how his store was his life and how Luke like wanted to work there but he didn't like love hardware so that's why he chose cooking and it just shows again the bond between Lorelai and Luke that he's willing to open up about this stuff to her specifically Mm -hmm. like clearly he wouldn't say this to Kirk or Luke or anyone else who had come in that day so it was pretty nice but yeah I agree yeah I think we can move forward to the house sitting for Babette (laughs) that Rory is doing and there the show is purposefully building a bit of suspense as to what Rory is doing Mm -hmm. because she's concocting a plan but we don't really know The first thing is that she goes to Lane's to pick up a CD and she says she wants a weird CD but won't say what it is and later on it seems like it's just kind of like jazzy kind of 50s music Um, but we finally get the reveal of what she's doing when she uh, receives a call from Dean and he's basically like, do you still want me to come over because we were fighting? And she's like very enthusiastic, like, yes, yes, come over. And she like opens the door when he gets there and she's in this full like 50s Donna Reed outfit. And it turns out she's playing this like whole Donna Reed night. And I want to ask you, so I am trying to get the read on like what is going through Rory's head when she's planning this 
Do you think, like, one, is she doing this to show Dean how, like, bizarre this is to expect this from one person? Or two, is she, like, genuinely trying to do the thing that he said he would like, which is, like, have someone make dinner for him? Because I feel like the signals from the show were getting crossed a Mm -hmm. bit, and I couldn't tell, like, which it was. What do you think? I want to (laughs) say... that she was doing it to kind of point out to him how weird his whole ideal Mm -hmm. is. But yeah, you're right, because we we definitely, she is so excited about it when he shows up. She gets Mm -hmm. really invested in the dinner. It it definitely seems, and then she of course has come up, like she's researched on a read and stuff, which I have Mm -hmm. more things to say about, but I definitely, I don't know. It's it's such a weird, weird scene, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because there doesn't seem to be any real like conclusion to what they were arguing about. Like Dean hasn't changed yeah. his mind. L- Rory hasn't mm-hmm. changed her mind. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, be- and like at the end of the meal, Dean starts to say, "Like as amazing as this all is, I hope you know I don't like expect or want you to be Donna Reed." And he says, I'm actually pretty happy with you, which is, like, such a... Just say, like, you're happy with her. But um, in that moment, I'm like, okay, so is that what she wanted? To have him see, like, he doesn't... Like, to have him see how unrealistic it is to have a Donna Reed wife and, like, how he shouldn't want that from her or expect that of just women in general. But then Rory is like, but this was fun, and I actually researched Donna Reed and learned she was the uncredited producer and director, one of the first women TV executives. So that's where I feel like they, perhaps the show, like, fumbled the ending mm-hmm. or the resolution here, because at first I thought, I was like, this is genius. <laughs> this is hysterical. Like, Rory went, like, she went to the, like, tens of, like, the costume, the design of the house, mm-hmm. the dinner, I thought she was, like, really going to, like, do all of this and then be like, this is messed up, Dean. Like, this is what you want from me. Like, this is what I had to do. Like, how many hours it took. Like, all of this stuff. Like, make it seem so ridiculous because it is. Like, she made freaking, what's it called? Um, The dessert. Lime yeah. Fantasy Supreme. Like, <laughs> and then it doesn't end, like, with that really big moment where I thought Rory was, like, really going to make a point and Dean was going to come around and, like, it just felt so uh, kind of like a gray area at the end. She also... And I didn't know how to feel. Yeah, I, I agree. And she also just, like, her explanation about why she, like, what she found in researching was that Donna Reed was the uncredited producer and yes. director. So that <laughs> kind of makes thing. her the first female director. And it's like... She was uncredited. That's part of the mm-hmm. problem. <laughs> yeah. Like that she did all of this. She put on this show and everything and she didn't even get credit for it. Like mm-hmm. the the male writer got credit for it and director. Mm-hmm. And I don't know uh, yeah, I don't I don't know where she was going with this. <laughs> I yeah. agree that it was definitely a fun scene and it could have really gone somewhere, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't. The ending was just like so. It just fell flat <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah. I do want to say I did give my Lorelai's closet to Rory's outfit, her Donna Reed outfit, 
And this was at the start of the scene when I thought she was doing the whole, like, show Dean what's up version of this episode. So we'll go there because I just thought it was hilarious how she leaned into this outfit. Like, every single detail. Uh, She's got her classic, like, 50s dress on. It's like an orange gingham kind of print. It's got, like, a petticoat, so the skirt's kind of full. She's got, like, a little lacy apron on, pearls. Her hair is, like, puffed up. She's got a cute little headband with, like, the poof in the back. Um, What else? There's pearls, like, orange heels. (laughs) She's got it all. And I thought she was doing that to, like, really show Dean, like, oh, you want Donna Reed? I'll give you Donna Reed. (laughs) Totally, like, removing any kind of Rory, like, Mm -hmm. her style, anything she is for this, like, idealized woman that does not exist. And yet... It didn't fully go as I thought it would, but that's like my head canon of the outfit. Yeah, I yeah, it really I it definitely had that vibe up until the very end. Mm-hmm. But I'm also surprised that she managed to cook all of that. If Dean was I at agree. work, she would have had to go past the. Anyways, there's a lot of logistics stuff that didn't quite match up. Yeah, like has Rory ever cooked a meal? Yeah, in her life, and she went for steak. Yeah. I was also really upset when she, like, got the rolls out and was freaking out about that because she, like, mm-hmm. at that point, she if she had started off acting with this, at that point, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. She was really upset about it. Yeah, like, I was reading that moment was with the turning point for my confusion mm-hmm. because at first I was like, is she making a really big deal about the rolls? Because earlier she'd pointed out, like, Donna Reed didn't just make dinner for her family in that episode. She made, like, a really extensive dinner and, like, two desserts and all this stuff that's pointing out, like, the labor shown in that show is, like, not actually possible. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe she was trying to be, like, look at all the work I did and he's admiring it and then she'll freak out because she didn't do the role. She didn't do this or that. But she she actually was, like, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to let you down. And I was like, wait, what's happening? This is taking a turn. (laughs) Yeah. I also don't want to jump too far ahead in this show, but mm. don't we get a scene basically just like this with Dean and his wife later on where she's made him like a full dinner and he's sitting there eating mm-hmm. it and she's looking discontented. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it does foreshadow a lot of the Dean and Lindsay dynamic. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that for sure. And the last thing I guess I would say about this and the like mixed message that it's providing is that at the end of the dinner, Dean says he'll help with the dishes and Rory says you can't because you're a man, you can't help with this for at least 15 years. And then he said, okay, I'll do the man's job, but just taking out the trash. And I just could not get a read on this. Like, is she mm-hmm. joking? I think clearly she is joking. Like she's still doing a bit of like I'm the housewife right now but I don't know if it lands completely as a joke like is it just like reiterating his point and they're both going so hard on the gender role thing I can't (laughs) tell where the joke starts and where the serious belief ends and I don't know it really relates back to the one episode we talked about where we kind of focused on gender roles and how like restricting they were and how they caused unhappiness for like that double Mm -hmm. date situation and this is a really interesting 
follow-up to that of like Dean and Rory getting into it and it's very mixed maybe they're teens maybe that's why like (laughs) maybe what's really happening is Rory is discovering her love for role-playing in a relationship to spice (laughs) things up a little bit (laughs) I know honestly if they had gone that way like they just want to like play house whatever that would have made slightly more sense to me (laughs) yeah and that's why it's so funny when he like goes out takes the trash out accidentally meets Luke who's been at Lorelai's which I guess we'll unpack in a moment Mm -hmm. and they have a really weird interaction where Rory comes out and Lorelai comes out and Lorelai is like (laughs) why are you and Dean alone at this house? And why are you dressed up like that? And I bet Lorelai thinks it's something like that it's not. Like, oh, these scenes are doing like sex stuff. But no, they're just having like a weird kind of debate interaction thing. I don't know. It's the weirdest. Yeah, that that scene, mm-hmm. that encounter between Luke and Dean is actually my gazebo moment because it's so <laughs> awkward. And it's also just like, kind of meta about the whole episode Mm -hmm. and both of the Mm -hmm. kind of storylines that are happening um yeah and it's yeah it's just so awkward both of these men don't i I mean i guess dean isn't he's still a boy at this point but (laughs) but they're they're (laughs) both just like astounded to see the other person there lorelei and rory are also astounded by what's been happening even Mm -hmm. though i don't know it's not (laughs) The weirdest thing, I think, is Rory's outfit. The rest of it's not that that out of the blue. Maybe Luke being yeah. there, but yeah, I love that moment. <laughs> and to backtrack a bit, Luke is there because Lorelai gets home after the painting and discovers that Stella, the bird, is missing. So she calls Luke to help her. And this is relevant because multiple characters after this are going to really dissect the whole Mm -hmm. you called Luke specifically to help you with this situation. Yeah. And Luke shows up not believing that there's actually a chick loose in the house. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we'll definitely get a lot more of (laughs) feedback on what this means because Lorelai does not pick up on this at first. She she's very denial (laughs) she like is really just actually looking for a chick obviously luke ends Mm -hmm. up helping her out and they turn the house into chaos but um yeah i think the most the most important part of this scene is luke showing up and being like oh you really did have a chick in loose in the house Mm -hmm. because even when he gets the phone call from her and he's at the diner you kind of see his his mind turning like yeah. Is this really the happening wheels are turning. right now? <laughs> Is mm-hmm. this really a booty call? Um, yeah, he's like, should I really go? Like, mm-hmm. he's not thinking about, should I go help find a bird? He's like, oh, should, like, clearly we were vibing earlier, having multiple almost kiss moments. Did she just get home and think, like, oh, I shouldn't have left. She, <laughs> I should follow up on that. And, oh, and Lorelai is so oblivious to this. Yeah. <laughs> I think this takes us then to what seems like the next day at the inn. Uh, we have Suki, Michelle, and Lorelai. Uh, pretty funny joke about Suki not wanting to make Michelle an egg white omelet. Mm-hmm. And she says it goes against her artistic and culinary <laughs> standards, which is really just her teasing Michelle because later on Lorelai's like, you make a great egg white omelet. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was funny. But this is an 
excellent conversation between Suki and Lorelai when, like, once again, Suki is, like, sharing such wisdom and truth with Lorelai. <laughs> like, yeah. giving great relationship advice. Yeah, Lu- Suki is, I mean, she explains the obvious that everybody watching understood that mm-hmm. Luke obviously thought that Lorelai was calling, you know, for a booty call or something like that. Mm-hmm. Lorelai uh, refuses to listen. Um, I actually had... Um, I don't know if you want to talk more about their conversation, but earlier in this scene was actually my Friday night dinner moment. Um, I definitely appreciate the joke that Suki is making, but I wanted to call out Michelle for being pretty fat phobic in this scene. Mm. And this is just one of many times he'll be like this. He's like perpetually dieting. Um, mm. and trying to lose weight and stuff at one point he makes a comment like um, I can't eat like that and look like her and I'm pretty sure mm. he's talking about Lorelai who eats a lot <laughs> of junk food and is still very thin but it's not clear and the first mm. time I watched it I thought that he was actually pointing out Suki like he can't eat like that mm. and or he'd look like Suki um mm. And Suki is obviously like a fatter character. And this whole scene with Michelle just like freaking out over the possible consequences of him having just an omelet that sounds delicious. It's, yes. It's just oh. like the beginning hmm. of his fat phobia that we'll see go on and on throughout this entire series. I don't think it ever ends. Mm-hmm. It's pretty constant with him. And I do love Michelle. He's a great character, but he needs... right. Like, he counts blueberries and stuff. Like, just chill out, man. You're perpetuating something that doesn't need to be perpetuated. Mm -hmm. And to the point that makes me feel, like, sorry for him as well. Mm -hmm. The fact that he actually believes these things and these are his beauty standards for himself. And where has he learned that? Mm -hmm. Of course, like, just general society or we don't know about, like, his family background. But um, I feel like... Uh, like beauty standards specifically in relation to weight is something that we see in like multiple Amy Sherman Palladino shows like I'm thinking with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and like the mother-daughter dynamic there about weight but like um, it's interesting that it's like Michelle is like one of the most the characters we see that more consistently from Mm -hmm. in Gilmore Girls that I can think of. Yeah I think Lorelai and Rory also do their part of it in like Mm -hmm. a casual way that was just part of everything especially in this time and it still is but just like doing it in front of Suki also just kind of adds more insult to it Mm -hmm. definitely I would I would eat that omelet I mean I would eat anything that Suki makes so yeah but the yeah the main crux of this whole um scene is basically Suki calling out Lorelai um, and kind of mm-hmm. getting the wheels turning in Lorelai's head about even thinking of Luke and what happened the yeah. night before. We had a bit of fun, like, new information that about Suki and Jackson's relationship in this scene, mm-hmm. too. Um, 
is that like because Suki gives an ex- Suki gives an example like I know that this is code for like a booty call because I did the same thing <laughs> and for her she said she had a bat in her attic <laughs> and like that she called Jackson over for help they looked in the attic and of course there's no bat so they went to have some wine and um some sex and whatnot so I was like I'm just happy for her and that their relationship is continuing on she seems to be getting out of it what she wants and so I'm like you go girl yeah they're (laughs) thriving (laughs) Suki also had this was a runner-up for my Lorelai's closet which was Mm -hmm. she had like a crocheted like bandana type thing yeah kerchief or something it was cool she always has the best hair hair pieces yeah, she really does. And honestly, I like it because it seems also to be um, indicative of her professionalism mm-hmm. as a chef, right? And how proper it is to have your hair back because, you know, she's great at what she does. Obviously, she doesn't want hair in any of the food or anything like that. Yeah, very true. She does it fashionably. So after this scene, we get kind of the culmination of what's been happening in Lorelai's head this whole time. We have another mm-hmm. Friday night dinner. And it begins with (laughs) Richard and Emily on the phone with, I guess, a rental person at uh, Martha's Vineyard. And they're ecstatic because they're going to get into Martha's Vineyard. The reason for this is because one of the, uh, like the owner or tenant or something of one of the houses that they could rent just recently died, you know, and so they mm-hmm. were able to sneak in there really quickly and get the house on Martha's Vineyard. And they're talking mm-hmm. about this, like, with no qualms whatsoever, no, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's so sad he died. Kind of, they're just excited to be able to go there. And it's adorable, but also <laughs> strange. <laughs> yeah. Lorelai says, both of you are going directly to hell, and they say, at least we'll be well rested. <laughs> Which is so funny. And then Lorelai is observing, you know, they're being pretty, like, uh, irreverent, mm-hmm. I guess, with their humor. And so she makes her own joke about, like, he got what was coming to him because <laughs> Richard and Emily have said, like, he had horrible tastes. He had a library in pink and green. And they're like, that's so morbid. How could you say that? And it's just yet another... I love the scenes that explore the dynamic of the wit and humor of the family, but also the boundaries and the lines and how they, like, misread each other. And Emily and Richard are like, it's okay when we were doing it and to our taste level. But the minute Lorelai does it, it's like, that's out of line. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Sometimes good. I wonder whether they're just both trolling Lorelai in moments like yeah. that. Like. <laughs> They just, like, are so in sync mentally that they both know, mm. okay, she made the joke. Let's shut her down. It'll be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to think that. <laughs> they kind of are asking what's been going on with Lorelai and Rory. Lorelai kind of outs Rory for having her Donna Reed night, but they don't get into it. They pivot, um, and then Rory, in the same way, <laughs> outs Lorelai for having Luke over to help with a chick Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and this starts a whole conversation with uh Lorelai and Emily about her feelings Mm -hmm. for Luke she does end up kind of admitting that maybe she does have feelings for Luke like it's very Mm -hmm. I don't know it's 
kind of a non-committal way that she's saying it. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. want to believe it, but there's clearly something there. Um, and Emily, of course, <laughs> makes some joke about how terrible this is, but at least mm-hmm. Lorelai is admitting her feelings. This scene with Emily, I it's it's weird for lack of a better word because mm-hmm. she's basically telling Lorelai. Don't treat me like a fool. I know what I can see. I see that he's, like, the lead in every story you tell, like, the male lead. She sees the way they look at each other. She sees, like, he came to the hospital. She's like, so don't lie to me. Like, I know what I can see. Mm -hmm. And so Lorelai kind of admits to her. And then she's like, oh, well, now we can talk about, like, what the hell are you thinking? Goes to, like, the judgmental place Mm -hmm. of, like, this guy isn't good enough for you basically like he's not elite class status like we are and I'm like Emily you just listed all of the reasons he would be a good match for Mm -hmm. her he's there for her and then you have to go and judge him by these really arbitrary artificial values you are acting like a fool Mm -hmm. then like you say you don't want to be treated like one but that's a foolish belief and it was just so frustrating for me and this is obviously the theme that will be extended throughout like every single season um Emily's like views toward Luke and whatnot but I was just like come on girl like do better (laughs) yeah I thought that this scene really like made it super clear that as soon as they're together and especially as soon as they kind of start arguing they both Mm -hmm. revert back to 15 years ago or so Lorelai was acting kind of like a petulant teenager and Mm -hmm. Emily was acting like she she was just needling so hard and you know wasn't yeah had just like forgotten the last 15 years of growth for herself um yeah it's very regressive yeah yeah definitely but (laughs) this scene kind of ends and then Mm -hmm. we get the cliffhanger for the episode which is um Lorelai and Rory are walking around they're um well first off they start outside the diner Luke Mm -hmm. and Lorelai have collected the paint they make the decision that they're gonna paint the next Friday after Friday night dinner Mm -hmm. um and then they start walking around town and there's a motorcycle that comes through town um Mm -hmm. Taylor says that they're the scourge uh I don't remember how the rest of that quote went, but... Yeah, they're just a scourge, she said. <laughs> um, Lorelai is kind of, like, drooling over the bike. We find out that she's really into bikes. She knows what it is mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And then <laughs> the biker parks and yells at them, Hey, take your top off. Yes. <laughs> it was so weird. And... Mm-hmm. Of course, they turn around super offended. He takes off the helmet, and it's Christopher. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. <laughs> that was my gazebo moment. Ooh, yes. <laughs> because I loved the sense of drama they provided. Like, they didn't just walk into a diner and saw Christopher. Mm-hmm. It was this epic entrance of, like, the motorcycle coming from far away, and the camera's just watching it as it nears. The suspense. Um I feel like they've been foreshadowing this moment and it really satisfies it. And then it's also just so foreboding of what's to come too. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Christopher and Rory like kind of ride off on the motorcycle. 
Uh, it's very much like cool absent dad gets to come in and like charm his daughter mm-hmm. and Lorelai's the one who's just, but whatever, I'm getting sidetracked. But the ending is like Lorelai, she just like mutters Christopher and is like staring off into the distance. Yeah. And you're really kind of like, what's going to happen next? Yeah, you get the <laughs> clear feeling that there's something unfinished between the two of them. Mm-hmm. There's definitely still an attraction there. And, of course, this is kind of heartbreaking after we've just gotten Lorelai's revelation that she might be into Luke, mm-hmm. which everybody's obviously rooting for. Her. Yeah, um, it's very classic Christopher timing. Yeah. Um, I was curious. I wanted to ask you, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Like, what are your general feelings about Christopher? I don't know. I don't really like him. I feel... I. Especially in the early seasons, I feel like he, obviously he's not a great father for Rory, but I I mm-hmm. kind of enjoy the episodes he's in. They add yeah. a bit of drama. As things mm-hmm. move on later in the series, I like him less, but I definitely see like the kind of connection between him and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know, I'm kind of... I don't know. I guess I don't have super strong feelings about him, kind of. Yeah, I yeah I share the mixed feelings as well. Though I do say I would enjoy his character arc mm-hmm. where he does mature and um, kind of has healthier boundaries with their family. And I like the drama of it all. I'm It's messy, but I like mm-hmm. it. <laughs> of him and Lorelai. And their chemistry is pretty, it's pretty mm-hmm. off the charts, actually. But the biggest thing to dislike is simply like, can't quite blame him for it but the timing of it Mm -hmm. all like he's always kind of there at the wrong time um and whatnot which is true right now like he's mr spontaneity guy (laughs) like um i think we've given like fairly we've been pretty harsh with lorelei sometimes about her lack of boundaries with it whether like with the medina stuff um so I want to like apply equal pressure now to Christopher too Mm -hmm. because he thinks he can just like roll up and be like hey Rory I'm gonna come stay at your house like Lorelai is pressured into letting him stay at her house she's pressured into letting him go off with Rory right now on a motorcycle they should have been able to have a conversation as like co-parents and if she like say are you comfortable with this Lorelai he didn't extend any of that yeah. to her. So I just want to say I felt really I felt for her in this moment and how hard it is for her to be that like single parent responsible doing everything only to have Christopher get the epic entrance <laughs> and Rory to be like, "Yay, dad." You know, like I feel a lot for her in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens next week. I feel like we've had a mm-hmm. lot of build up this episode. And not much has, you know, come to closure or anything. So I'm excited to see what happens now that Christopher is stirring the pot. Yeah. Okay. We do have a couple of gazebo moments from listeners before we close out for today. Um, Mm -hmm. They were sent to us an email, so we'll just go ahead and read them. The first one is for last week's episode, episode 13, Mm -hmm. Concert Interruptus. And this listener says, this is one of my favorite episodes. My gazebo moment is Lorelai's search for Madeline and Louise, which was great. (laughs) She shifts Mm -hmm. from fun-loving friend to pissed-off mom when she finds out the girls left. And she reveals her character by unhesitatingly um, 
taking whatever action is needed to recover the girls, then dressing them down for their foolish act, and it shows why she rose from a maid to the manager of the Independence Inn. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. This was a great moment of Lorelai's kind of showing her gumption and calling out Mm -hmm. these kids, being the stricter Mm -hmm. mom than we usually see her, which... Yeah, yeah, she's, like, able to step into that role because it is appropriate in this moment. Like, this was a a potential, like, real danger. Like, they needed to understand mm-hmm. the, con- the the potential consequences, consequences of their yeah. actions. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, these two lonely girls in New York City alone with older men mm-hmm drinking drinks that they give them (laughs) Mm -hmm. so many ways because this could have gone badly so yeah i agree yeah okay and the second gazebo from this listener is for this current episode that we just recapped so that's perfect uh so this is the gazebo moment my gazebo moment is when babette came over to ask rory to look after the kitten apricot (laughs) lorelei asked babette if she wants coffee She says no, but Lorelai, because she is so coffee-obsessed, pours Babette a cup of coffee and hands it to her. Lorelai asks if Babette wants cream, and Babette says, and sugar. As Babette talks about apricot, Lorelai puts cream and sugar in Babette's coffee, including stirring the coffee while it's still in Babette's hand. Babette never takes a sip, but walks out of the house with the mug of coffee. I enjoyed watching what was happening during the dialogue. <laughs> and that's actually really interesting. I didn't pick up too much on that, mm-hmm. the, like the physical staging of that scene so much. But actually, is really funny that she never actually drinks it. But she then she does walk out <laughs> with the cup. Um, and I almost thought about nominating this moment for my Star's Hollow moment because it was so cozy you know that Babette can come and ask them and like really just could walk in in their house at any moment and then walk out with their own mug <laughs> like it's good. yeah yeah it's like a good uh small town charm like neighbors that mm-hmm. are close with their neighbors which I don't think happens much anymore I know I refuse to speak to my neighbors <laughs> but I also live in an apartment so it's a bit different but mm-hmm. yeah, and I definitely hadn't picked up on what was going on with the coffee in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Babette, Babette ever drinks it or if she just took it to be polite or if she didn't even think about it. This happens every time mm-hmm. that she comes over, <laughs> which is probably true. You know, actually, as you were talking, I was just thinking, I don't think I did actually get do a Stars Hollow <laughs> nomination. <laughs> so <laughs> I will add it to, I'll tack it on to this gazebo moment from our listener. Um, Sounds that good. I like the coziness of this and the whole, the apricot of it all. Just such mm-hmm. a cute new kitten. And I just love that it's there for Maury and Babette in their lives now. He gets mm-hmm. like gourmet food too when Rory was preparing his food. It was like yeah, a whole She like process. seasoned it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so thanks for for our listener, for those gazebo mm-hmm. moments. So don't forget to rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And send us your thoughts to TalkingFastPodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at TalkingFastPodcast. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, see you next time.